Hello and welcome into the matchup. You're number one social for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and for the first time in a long time, it is just me. Uh, don't worry, me, because my dad assumed this. Me and John are, in fact, still very good friends. Uh, he's just super freaking busy right now because uh, we're both adults who aren't in college anymore, and we've got other crap to do than a show that doesn't pay either of us. Now, I'm working on fixing that. Uh, Barstool, Dick Sardo, anybody, <laughs> anybody, uh, anybody want to hit me up? I, I am all ears. Same thing with sponsors. Uh, Magic Spoon, HyperX, Corsair. <laughs> Heck, Steel Series, Elgato, Scuff. I mean, Corsair, Elgato, and Scuff are all the same company, but anyone, anyone who wants to sponsor the show... Gaming supplies, food, grooming implements, talking to you, Manscaped, literally anyone. I am all ears if you would like to, uh, if you would like to sponsor us. Now that that shameless self-promotion is out of the way, I have, I have some opinions. Anyone who listens to this show for any extended period of time knows where my loyalties lie when it comes to teams. I am a fan, unfortunately, of the Philadelphia 76ers. And, um... What in the hell was that Game 7 performance? What the hell was that? That spineless, pathetic excuse for a top-seeded basketball team. You were the number one seed in the East. And sure, the East sucked ass this year. Don't get me wrong. The East was terrible this year. But you were still the number one seed. You still have Joel Embiid. You gave Tobias Harris all that fucking money. You traded for Danny Green. You traded for Seth Curry. And yet... You can't beat the Atlanta freaking Hawks with home court advantage. You out atlanta Atlanta twice! Almost an identical lead. 26 points versus 25 with 8.31 left in the third quarter. You... You had a bigger lead than the Falcons did against the Patriots, which, sure, 26 points is a lot less in basketball than it is in football. Because, I mean, 26 points in a basketball game is still a pretty sizable lead. That is like, okay, starters' minutes are slowly going down. Because if I recall high school rules collectively, 35 is when they turn the running clock on. So, 26 in a professional game is a pretty sizable lead. So... You should, um, you should absolutely be ashamed of yourselves, 76ers. I'm, I'm not as mad as I thought I would be because it's been two days and I've realized I shouldn't have had hope in the first place because our number two option can't score. Like, I knew it was over once he had an open lane to the basket. And, and he just passed the ball off to, I think it was Tyrese Maxey. Like, Ben, you are 6'9". The basket was open. Dunk! 
You are 6'9", and I have seen you dunk the freaking ball before. You had a clear lane to the basket. I could have made that shot. I wouldn't have been able to dunk it, but I could have made that shot. You are significantly more athletic than me and have eight inches on me. Dunk that shit! Don't pass the ball off to the guy who was not expecting you to pass the ball to him, who is also covered! Oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I hate this stupid team so much. Why did I have ever why did I ever have faith in Doc Rivers? Why did I ever have faith in Doc Rivers? I watched what happened last year with the Clippers. That man has lost 29 times in playoff series clinching situations. Has choked more Game 7s than anyone in NBA history. Has coached at least 10 Hall of Famers. And has one championship to his name in that entire time. Why did I ever put my faith in him? Why did Daryl Morey and Elton Brand and that moron Josh Harris ever put faith in him? Like, why did I ever have faith that this team wouldn't do something stupid? Like, Ed Snyder's ghost speaking through one of those TV mediums like freaking Chip Coffee. Like, Ed Snyder's ghost speaking through Chip Coffee would do a better job running the Flyers and the Sixers than Comcast and Josh Harris would combined. Like, Comcast and Josh Harris, like, I know this is me ranting about the Sixers right now, but Comcast... And Josh Harris, um, just sell the team back to the fucking Snyder family, please. Because I know Ed Snyder has been dead for like six years now, but I'm sure his family inherited some level of his business acumen and his passion for the teams of, of that call the Wells Fargo Center home, basically. You have... I mean, think back. Josh Harris is the same man who thought it would be a good idea to buy the New York Mets and make a TV network focused around the Mets and the Sixers. No one's going to... that, And that network existing would alienate both fan bases because Mets fans are not Sixers fans and Sixers fans certainly are not Mets fans. Josh Harris doesn't give a fuck about sports. He should not be the owner. Like, he, I've said it before on this show, he is the anti-Mark Cuban. Everything he touches turns to shit. The Sixers, Dignitas, everything. Sell the team, Josh. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Sell it back to the Snyder family. Sell it back to the Snyder family. Same thing with you, Flyers. Sell back to the Snyder family and let them run things and watch. Both teams will have championships within the next five years. I I am staking... I, w- I would stake everything on that. That if both teams sold back to the Snyder family right now, within the next five years, they would both have championships. Like, I would I would put everything on that. Look at the Islanders. They, they had an embarrassment their last time out. But 
Think about where they were just a few years ago before they sold. They were about to lose their arena. They couldn't they couldn't win a playoff series to save their lives. And and their captain left for the quote unquote greener pastures of his hometown team in Toronto. They sold. Look at this. Four years later, they're still very much knocking on the door of a Stanley Cup run. They've built a brand new core with a brand new coach who they lucked into signing. They have Lou Lamarillo as GM who can pull coaches like Barry Trotz. And they've built a brand new core and a brand new arena that's going to open for next year on Long Island. Like, why? Why do these idiots continue to own my teams? But, like, heads need to roll. I'm I'm done defending Ben Simmons. I'm I'm done. Like, I'm... I have defended him for far too long. And his absolute refusal to change one single area of his game and try to improve on it. I, I'm done defending him. I've been defending him for what feels like forever. Like, he got drafted... When I was, I believe, a sophomore in college. Yeah, it was my sophomore year of college. So I was 21. I've been defending this guy for almost six years. And I'm, I'm just done. I'm done defending him. His time in Philly, as far as I'm concerned, needs to be up. He needs a change of scenery. And we need a change of point guard. Meaning an actual freaking point guard. Ben Simmons is and always has been a small forward. Now, if you had drafted Jason Tatum instead of Tyrese Maxey, Brian Colangelo, we wouldn't be in this mess now, would we? Oh my God. I... This stupid freaking team. If if Josh Harris doesn't sell soon, I'm done. I, I will just be... I hate doing this. I, I've never thought this was okay to just be a fan of a league and like not have a team you really pull for as your number one team. I've never, I've never been okay with that. I've always wanted to have a home base team to operate from. And like, if Josh Harris doesn't sell, I'm just abandoning the Sixers entirely and probably abandoning actively watching the NBA. Just because, like, it, it's not worth it. it. It's not worth the pain and constant frustration this team causes me. And that rat-faced moron, Josh Harris, not, not selling the freaking team just consistently makes me angry. Dude needs to sell. Dude needs to sell now. Like, he's worth $5.4 billion. He's worth over $5 billion. How can he not? Oh my God. I I made myself mad by looking that up. Dude, just sell the freaking team. You, you clearly don't give a crap about sports. Why do you own sports teams? If the product sucks, guess what? People aren't going to come to the games. And Philadelphia's faith in that team right now is at an all-time low. So, uh, you need to, uh, 
you, you need to just sell the team. Sell the team back to the Snyder family. You can make bank off of it and just ride off into the sunset and never annoy Philly fans again. Heck, sell, sell Dignitas to them too. They'll probably start winning things. Like, just just sell back to the Snyder family as, as soon as possible. But enough about me uh, raging at my team. The, uh, the, the NBA Finals this year are actually ridiculously compelling because they're different. And I immediately saw the takes on Twitter. It's like, oh, what about the casuals who don't know who these guys are? Um, one, one of these two teams is from Los Angeles. They may not be the Lakers, but still, they're from Los Angeles. Atlanta is an absolutely massive TV market. M- Milwaukee and Phoenix, they're on the smaller side, but like, oh, people don't know who these guys are. I- I'm sorry, are Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, ch- and Trey Young not enough for you? That's seven people. And as much as it hurt me, like Kevin Herter had his coming out party in game seven where everyone realized other than Maryland fans who've known how good he is for years, everyone realized, oh, this, this scrawny ginger kid is actually really freaking good. Like, okay. And now Kevin Herter's made himself an absolute legend with his game seven performance. So if you throw in game Kevin Herter, that's eight people. Two from each team. Like, Chris Paul, he's been around long enough that even casuals know who he is. Casuals know who Devin Booker is. Casuals know who Kawhi Leonard is. They know who Paul George is. They know who Giannis is. They know who Trey Young is. They probably know at least a little bit about Drew Holiday, and now they know about Kevin Herter after after his absolute explosion in Game 7. I I hate this theory that, oh no, the TV ratings are going to be bad. Bitch, the TV ratings are probably going to be better than they've ever been because it's four new teams that haven't been to the finals in a while. This is the this is the first conference finals without LeBron or Curry in like 10 years. This is the first conference finals without LeBron or Curry in 10 years. That's insane. People are going to be intrigued because they're probably sick of just watching LeBron and Curry. Yes, they're the two best players in the world, but people are sick of them. So I'm excited for this series. Clippers Suns is going to be interesting because it's just a battle of like the Suns are all guard play with, with uh, Paul and Booker. And then, and then Aiton is their, their big man in the middle. The Clippers don't really have the guard play. They just have Leonard and George, who are defensive monsters. And then Atlanta versus Milwaukee is going to be a shootout. Like, Atlanta versus Milwaukee is going to be one hell of a shootout. Like, sure, Drew Holiday will be able to slow down Trey Young a little bit, but probably not much. And and Giannis, while he's a good defender, it's never his number one priority. So it's going to be uh, like that. That series is really going to be a shootout. And I'm excited to see uh, who comes out on top in Suns Clippers. The Suns absolutely explosive offense or the Clippers ridiculously loaded defense. And 
I'm just glad the Nets aren't in it. Like, I, I really hate the Nets. <laughs> I, I re- Anyone who's listened to this show knows uh, both of our opinions on Kyrie Irving. And uh, and really the Nets as a whole and James Harden and and Kevin Durant. Like everyone, uh, everyone knows our opinions on both of them. And uh, I, I'm glad they aren't here because it was so annoying hearing all season. Oh, the Nets are just going to walk to the finals. <laughs> they didn't even make the Eastern Conference finals. Neither did the Sixers, but everyone was uh, everyone was stroking the Nets egos all season long and uh they uh lost on an air ball in overtime from uh from Kevin Durant. He had an absolutely insane shot to even force overtime, but if he was further if he was like a step and a half further back, that game would have been over. How does that feel, Nets fans? Yes, I am taking out my misery on Nets fans, and no, I don't have a problem. But that's uh that's it for NBA. That's uh, speaking of teams who are just so much better than everyone else. The stage four major has come and gone. It was on LAN. God, I missed LAN. We still had the technical hiccups, and I don't know if anyone else had this issue, but my my stream every single day of the major was buffering like crazy when I would try to watch it on the uh, on the YouTube app on my PlayStation, which it didn't do for. Any other video on YouTube, any other stream or video I tried to watch on YouTube was totally fine. Like, clearly this was either something on YouTube's end or on the COD League's end. And given their history of both technical issues in-game and technical issues on the broadcast, I'm going to say it was on their end. Now, the production was great for the most part. The, The graphics were a little backwards and... And not having a crowd was slightly annoying. Now, of course, in like a month, like a month from now, the esports stadium in Dallas, where the fourth major was held, is going to host fans for Dallas Fuel versus Houston Outlaws, which is one. If if you like Overwatch at all, that's going to be must watch. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna pull that stream up just to see Dallas versus Houston, the first esports LAN in North America to have a crowd since last March. And not only that, two teams who absolutely freaking hate each other. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for that in a heartbeat. And at one point in their existence, were Envy and Optic? Like, I know Houston Outlaws aren't Optic anymore, but that that leftover E-Classico hatred is still there cuz uh, last time I checked Houston Outlaws are still black and green. And uh they they still have and it, it's Dallas versus Houston. So you're going to get you're going to get some trash talk. You're going to get some serious trash talk between those two teams. But that is good news for uh stage 5 potentially stage 5 and or champs having having a crowd, which, um, if champs is anywhere near me, I'm going, I do not care. I will find a way to get those tickets and I am going. You will, you will get, it'll mostly be crappy phone video on my TikTok Cause I don't have a, a full size camera, but there, there will be content from the event itself. Don't you worry. But 
It's, uh, the major itself, despite the occasional technical hiccups, coming down the stretch is pretty good. We had a couple, we had a couple three O's. We had that incredible, uh, Dallas versus Toronto match where, where Toronto had to come back against Dallas and, and Dallas has clearly gotten their groove back. Like that Dallas versus Toronto match was incredible. I was, <clears throat> I was, I was concerned Dallas were going to gentlemen sweep because I still don't like Dallas. I was obviously pulling for them over phase cause I hate phase more, but it was, uh, it was more or less a, uh, like especially Sunday. Sunday was awesome. Because you had Optic versus Dallas, where Dallas just shit-pumped Optic. Dallas versus Toronto was an epic roar and a reverse sweep, where Dallas just came back out of nowhere. Like, look, go back and look at the score of that series. 250-69 to 69 on, on Checkmate Hardpoint. 6-2 to two in favor of Toronto on Standoff Search. Those are two absolutely dominant wins. Then Dallas came back and won 3-1 on Control when Control has been Toronto's strongest mode all season long. Then 250-229 on Moscow Hardpoint. Dallas wins there. And uh, Toronto fans started to get a little worried. And then Dallas was like, okay, we can do this. And finished up that reverse sweep 6-4 on Moscow. That was an epic series. And then, like... For the first time in COD history, we got a nine gamer, and I was honestly convinced with how back and forth that that last search was. I believe it was, I believe it was raid. Yeah, it was raid search. Of course, it was raid search. Oh yeah, Dallas kicked the crap out of Atlanta on Express. Was was what it was. Like they kicked the crap out of them on Express search and won that six one. But of course, it was raid search to cap things off and. The three, <laughs> the three search maps were the three Black Ops Two maps. <laughs> That's funny. the The three search maps were the three Black Ops Two maps. It was it was standoff, it was express, and it was raid. But I'm I'm honestly surprised Dallas didn't win this one because Crim uh, has been playing raid search for a long time because he was still a pro back in Bo Two. So he's been playing raid search at a professional level forever. And I I really thought that last search was going to go 11 rounds. It still went 10. Like Dallas still still gave him a fight, but FaZe is just too good. They're like Dallas put up a fight and Dallas has their groove back and as far as I'm concerned, they're back in my top 4. But FaZe is just better than everybody else. I think with a crowd, I, I think with a crowd, since that was in Dallas, like if there was a crowd there, Dallas would have won that because they had all the momentum. Atlanta would have been ice cold because they hadn't been playing all day. This format kind of sucks ass. Like bring back full double elimination. Like, and, and sure the final, the final set can be longer. It can be, it can be a double elimination best of seven. Like, if the loser's bracket team wins the first best of seven, they reset the bracket and they can go again. Like, don't do this best of nine thing. The the best of nine thing is weird. Initially, I like this format, but... Like, Atlanta would have kind of gotten screwed <laughs> if they uh, if they lost that. Because 
They would have been ice cold all day. Meanwhile, Dallas had been playing for four hours straight before they even played Atlanta and then had to play them for another three hours. And they would have been sufficiently warmed up. Meanwhile, Atlanta was just sitting there ice cold all day for three hours with nobody to scrim. Because everybody else already went home. So, uh, how's that for, for coming in ice cold with no advantage, even though you were clearly the best team in the tournament? <laughs> other other takeaways from, uh, from this particular major, um... NYSL absolutely needs a seam back. Uh, he just recently tweeted that he did get his visa and he is on his way to Texas. So he will be with NYSL for the rest of the regular season, which is a, um, which is a very good thing because uh, given their performance without him, it's very clear they desperately need him. Like decimate is not the answer long-term because a lot of the times they lost, it was on him. They they need a seam back. He's their guy. And I, I've held off talking about this because it made me mad. How the hell do you misspell your own name? Like, I, I get his name's Kyler Garland, but... You're, you're, what, 22, 23 years old? Even if your name is a little bit less than normal, which Kyler spelled that way definitely is... Like, C-U-Y-L-E-R is how he spells his name. Like, by... If he spelled Garland wrong, that's even worse. Because that's actually a reasonably common last name. But how do you spell your own name wrong on the COVID test form? And then how do you show up to the venue without your ID? Like, even when I'm not driving, I have my ID on me. And I don't take it out of my wallet unless I'm buying something age-restricted, which in my case is literally just alcohol. Which I don't do all that often. Like, very rarely am I outside the house without my wallet. And very rarely is my wallet outside the house without my ID in it. So, I don't know how you can spell your own name wrong on the COVID test form. And then forget your ID when you're coming to the venue. I'm sure he didn't drive himself there. I'm sure someone else from the team drove them to the venue. But I'm, there's no way he left without his wallet, right? Like, how do you how do you leave without your wallet? Because, like, you're probably going to be away from your house for a few days. You need money. How do you leave without your wallet? <laughs> and, like, how do you... How does your wallet not have your ID in it? And guess what? LA Thieves, without one of their best players, lost to LA Gorillas In a series they absolutely should have won. And had multiple opportunities to do so. Like, both on Raid Search, on Garrison Control, and on Miami Search. They had multiple opportunities to win that series. Like, they had multiple opportunities for this to have just been a 3 up. And they just couldn't close it out because guess what? They didn't have their best player and Draza had to come in ice freaking cold and, and play with a team that he hasn't played with in months that had already gone through roster changes because they brought back Slasher. Like that. Why, why did I pick them? 
Why did I become a fan of Hunter Thieves and everything else and then get sucked into cheering for LA Thieves too? <sighs> why, why do my teams enjoy... Why do my teams just enjoy disappointing me this past weekend? Because that was two different teams. The only two who were still really playing in anything meaningful because the Orioles were playing, but I expect them to lose. And even they did better than the Sixers and LA Thieves because they hit a crap ton of home runs. And in one of those games where they hit a crap ton of home runs, they still lost. So, um, good job, guys. But what? why did my teams just enjoy disappointing me this weekend? I, I really, I really don't get it. But on to, uh, on to stage five. Champs is right around the corner. And, uh, I think we're going to have a crowd there. I don't know where it's going to be because they haven't announced that yet, but, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to, I'm hoping I'm able to go and tickets aren't too friggin' expensive, but let's, uh, let's talk some NHL, shall we? Islanders guys, what the frick was that? I know, I know you were on the road. I know you were in Tampa. I know that place is really loud. I know they're defending champs, but weren't you down three, nothing after the first period? Aren't you, uh, aren't you supposed to be a really good defensive team with good goaltending? How are you, uh, how are you down three, nothing after the first? Like how, how, how do you pull that off? How do you give up six goals in the first two periods? How do you still give up two when the other team's taking their foot off the gas? And how did you not actually give up a hat trick? Stamkos had two, Gord had one, uh, Kalorn had two, and then uh, Palat, Point, and Shen all had one. How did you not even let the, how did you let a, that variety score against you? How the hell did you let Stonehands Luke Shen score against you? I know that was in garbage time, but come on. Like, I get the other guys. Obviously, Stamkos, Gordon, Kalorn, like, they're... They're all really good. Same with Palat and Point. But Luke Shen? Stonehands Luke Shen. I know it was in garbage time, like I said, but still. How did you let Stonehands Luke Shen score on you? Hopefully, uh, hopefully they don't, they don't end up closing out Nassau Coliseum with a loss. Because that would just be a shame. Like, sure... They're not getting sentenced to Barclays Center over an hour away, plus traffic, driving from Long Island to Brooklyn to play in a, an arena that is meant exclusively for basketball and is an absolutely awful place to watch hockey. Like, I've if you haven't seen the video of what a hockey game looks like from the crowd at Barclays Center, go look it up. It's a disaster. Like, you would never want to watch a game that way. Barclays Center was built exclusively for basketball. And it can do, like, concerts and wrestling shows and stuff. But as far as sports goes... It was uh, it was meant for basketball. Like it, it looks absolutely awful for hockey. There's obstructed sight lines everywhere. Like it's it's just bad. But hopefully, hopefully the Islanders are not do not end up closing out uh, Nassau Veterans Coliseum with a loss. I mean, their new arena looks beautiful, and they'll be back here next year, win or lose. But it, it would just be a shame that 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 building doesn't get one one last run 
at at a Stanley Cup or or like the last game there isn't a win. Like I I I feel like the Lightning probably should win this series, but I want the Islanders to force a game 7. That that's what I want. I want the Islanders to force a game 7 so the last memory of a game at Nassau Veterans Coliseum is a win. Because sure the Islanders are technically the Flyers rivals, but they're lower on the list than the Penguins, the Caps, and the Rangers. So, like, I, I respect them. I love their fans. Their fans are absolutely amazing. And I, I want them to close out their historic home with a win, even if they don't win the series on, on Friday. Like, even if they go back and, and force a Game 7 and have to play in Tampa on Friday and they lose that, like I, I hope they get to close out. Uh, I hope they get to close out Nassau Veterans Coliseum with a win. Now, on the other side of things, Vegas, please, I'm begging you, get your crap together and close this series out. Use that, use that momentum from that overtime win on Sunday, which I did not expect that game to end that that quickly. Like I saw it go to overtime, and I was like, oh, we we might be here a while. I think it was it was only a couple minutes into the overtime. Yeah, it was a minute and 18 seconds into the overtime. And uh and the Montreal native <laughs> is the one who scored. And now I believe yeah, this series is back in Vegas. Th- this game will be over by the time this episode comes out, but Vegas as a fan of hockey and a a loyal subject of the hockey gods. Please give us two full crowd arenas for the Stanley Cup Finals. It doesn't matter who wins Tampa versus New York, which is effectively I'm calling the Eastern Conference. Even though Montreal is the furthest east city that is still alive in the playoffs. (laughs) That's weird. Montreal is playing Vegas, yet Montreal is the furthest east city still alive. Like, Montreal is further east than Long Island, it is further east than Tampa, and it is much further east than Vegas. It's also, shockingly, by far the furthest north, because it's the only Canadian city still alive. But, if, if you could just, if you could just close this series out to guarantee two full capacity crowds for both cities in the Stanley Cup Finals... Rather than this, uh, rather than this 2020 covered seats bullshit that uh, Canada is still doing because they uh, they that moron Trudeau couldn't vaccinate people quick enough. So uh, yeah, um, I would really appreciate that, Vegas. I think you're the better team anyway. Uh, Montreal has steamrolled their way through very weak competition to uh, to get to this point because the Canadian division was a steaming hot pile of garbage. Uh, They do not deserve to be in the Stanley Cup final. They would only have made it this far this year. In a normal situation, they would have maybe made it to the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Just given, like, who the Eastern Conference playoffs would have been, like, Montreal would have barely squeaked in and they would have been lucky to even make it to the second round. So, they, they could only make the playoffs in the last, in the weird schedule structure of the last two years. So, uh, no, I don't think they deserve to beat the Golden Knights. I really want Vegas to win because one Vegas versus Long Island would be 
one hell of a battle of cities. And two, I want two full crowd games for the Stanley Cup. I want Pete, I want whoever wins the cup to be showered with cheers and fans going absolutely bonkers. I kind of want it to be New York, even though I don't think it'll be them because I'm I'm a sentimental crybaby sometimes when it comes to sports, and I kind of want I kind of want the last action of Nassau Veterans Coliseum to be the home of the Stanley Cup champions. Like, like I want the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup this year, and preferably I want them to win it at home because that would just be one awesome way to close out a historic venue because it was a while ago, but remember those, uh, those Stanley cup champion Islanders teams back in the eighties, they won those Stanley cups in Nassau veterans Coliseum. There's four banners in the rafters and it would be nice to, uh, to say goodbye to, to the Coliseum hoisting the cup there and open, I think it's UBS. Yeah, UBS, because the bank isn't USB. Opened UBS Arena by raising a banner. Because it's so rare that you get to do that. I think the last team to open a new arena with raising a banner was the 2002 Maryland Terrapins, who opened Comcast, now Xfinity Center, by raising the the 2001-2002 championship banner. And, like, the last action was the watch party at Cole Fieldhouse, which... I was, uh, what, seven years old at the time, but it would have killed to have been there. Or would kill to go back in time now as my 26-year-old self and watch that game. But, yeah, the, uh, I, I'm, I have, I am officially making that claim. I am pulling for the Islanders. Even though I don't necessarily think they're going to do it, I want them to. <laughs> My head is telling me Tampa's going to win that series, but my heart says you want to cheer for the Islanders to do it. But, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my take on the current state of the NHL. I, I had my rant about the Flyers earlier and what they need to do to fix things, but I'm, I'm just hoping for good hockey with, with full crowds the rest of the way. So Vegas, send Montreal home and, uh, let's have some American fun with the Canadians' favorite sport. With uh, full crowds and not a mask in sight. Suck it, Canada. <laughs> I, I've hated on Canada so much in the last couple episodes. And there are several Canadians who I believe listen to this show. Oh, well. But one more thing before we wrap up. MLB has once again screwed up. The sticky substance ban needed to happen because spider Tech is just unfair spider tag is just gross like it is it is an unfair advantage to any and all pitchers who use it but my god has it created an absolute ump show which um i despise angel hernandez was uh umping the the game monday night in at camden yards between the orioles and the astros and um for anyone who does not live in Maryland, which is actually based on the metrics on Anchor, is a large portion of the audience of this show. It was absolutely pouring here last Monday night. No, last night when I'm recording this, because, you know, I record this on Tuesday afternoons. But it was absolutely pouring here on Monday. While that game was going on. And in the middle of a torrential downpour, 
in an absolute blowout of a game between playoff contender Houston Astros and potential World Series this year's World Series winner Houston Astros and one of the worst teams in baseball. The umpires were checking the Orioles pitcher whose ERA is somewhere in like the, the eight range. Like his, his ERA is ridiculously high. They were checking him for, for sticky stuff in a torrential downpour. Like, what are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing here? Why, why is this a thing? Like, and they were checking Jacob deGrom too. And they found absolutely nothing in, in a Mets game earlier in the day, Monday, like, I figured this rule would create an ump show eventually, but right away, like the first games, they're actually enforcing the ban. God, I, I don't think we should replace human umpires with robots. I, I will never stoop to that level, but my God, can we get rid of the current crop? Cause they are all, they are all egomaniacs. And speaking of umpires and refs, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. I know Sixers fans want to blame the refs for how awful they were in that Hawks series, but the Hawks didn't force uh, Ben Simmons to stop shooting in the fourth quarter. The, the refs didn't, the refs didn't cause Tobias Harris to miss literally everything and the rest of the team to keep passing to him. Anyway, the refs didn't force doc rivers to constantly put his bench out there. The refs, didn't cause Ben Simmons to miss the free throw line repeatedly. Like, he missed at the free throw line 48 times. Steve Nash missed free throws in the playoffs 44 times in his entire career. And Steve Nash got fouled a lot. I mean, comparing Ben Simmons to Steve Nash isn't exactly fair, but still. That's an insane stat on Nash's part. But... Like I said, done done ranting about the Sixers. I, I just needed to get that out there because I forgot to uh, mention it earlier. Don't blame the refs. It was 100% the team's fault. The refs sucked. Don't get me wrong. But the if the team had taken care of their shit in, you know, game one at home or game five also at home or game six also at home or game four in Atlanta where you were still favored they'd be moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals right now and they'd be playing against uh, the Bucks, who they would probably still lose to, but they would have had a better chance against them than they did the Nets. Like, you had all the help you needed and uh, you did nothing with it. So, um, yeah, good job, guys. But baseball, just get your crap together. Get rid of these idiot umpires who think uh, think we pay to go to games to watch them. Like we haven't been able to go to baseball games for a year. I'm when I go back to watch an Orioles game, I am not going there to watch Joe West or Angel Hernandez. I'm going there to watch Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, and Trey Mancini because they're and, and if he's pitching, John Means because uh, those are the only guys the Orioles have that are really worth watching. But uh, if maybe by then uh, Adley Rutschman and DL Hall are called up, which I doubt, uh, they'll they'll be worth watching too. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for the show today. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and uh, talk to you guys next Wednesday. See you then. Now you coming at the king, so you better not miss. And we only get stronger. With everything I carry up on my back, you should paint it up with a t-
They know I'm ready for war. I told them. Take it off. 